0: we had actually been here for quite a while, and then we went down uh, to Bora Bora to pick up those shots.
1: Well, because that's where we kind of a small crew we spotted. What's he credited as the island scientist? Or the, yeah, yeah. Because he's ac- he's then in the scene he's, with the uh, with the kryptonite. Yeah, exactly. Also. Yeah, yeah. You're know, like, oh wait, the same guy's been went, following it.
0: He went with a back. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So he got to go to Bora Bora too. He got to go so. both.
0: Yeah. He he was this. I can't. What is his name? Anyway, but I remember talking about like him when he came to Bora Bora because he was a stunt performer. You know, we were like, oh, that was cool, you did that day in Detroit. We also need you to come with us to Bora Bora. And he was like, what, okay.
2: (laughs) Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is a special Snyder Minute Report. Stephen had the pleasure of taking part in the full circle. Is it hashtag full circle, or do we call it full circle SnyderCon? I've seen a lot of names for this event.
1: Yeah, uh, so the official name was just full circle. I, I tend to include some extra verbiage so people know what it is. But yeah, SnyderCon is is a popular one, or Zack Snyder DC Snyderverse trilogy screening event, or you know whatever. But it was uh full circle was. A phrase that uh, that Zach used for for his title, and then also just kind of almost every single conversation I had over the weekend somehow came back to full circle in some way. Whether or not it was people that I was finally meeting in person, or uh, talking about just the nature of the event and the screenings, everything was a culmination of of not just from the Snyder Cut and like everything in the past five years from. From that, but I mean, going all the way back to to Man of Steel, it's a it's a it was just a full circle kind of culmination of his time with DC. Yeah,
2: this was for people who've been following the sort of Zack Snyder's Justice League and Snyderverse existence, or you know, movie industry news. They will be aware of this. Uh, the average person, casual fan, may ask, "What is SnyderCon?" This was a. Special event screening Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Zack Snyder's Justice League in California with Zack Snyder present, as well as um, members of his team. To have these films screened in theaters, it was a fundraising event, tickets purchased for people present, and then accompanied by Q&As as as well as interviews for a select group of people, Stephen included. I I, I sadly had to enjoy this from a distance and had uh, some hilarious life antics keep me more disconnected than I would have ever wanted to be. So now I, like our listeners, (laughs) get to enjoy this vicariously through you. Can you kind of walk us through the yeah. days, the event, your experience, and the standout moments? This is going to be—you have a lot to talk about here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was crazy because it was just a few days. We we got an Airbnb with a bunch of guys, and and we—I was there from Thursday until Monday, but it felt like even even longer. I mean, there was so much so much packed in there. Um, but uh, yeah, so. I think the the big thing is Thursday, or I guess Friday, when we when we first got to the event. So the first two nights were uh, the uh, BVS and Man of Steel, obviously, and those were at the Arts Center College of Design, where Zach went to film school. And the last uh, quote unquote Snyder Con, uh, that one was called the Director's Cut event, I think, where was where Zach showed Dawn of the Dead, and then he showed watchmen and then bvs i believe um so it was another three-night event and the proceeds from that went to renovating the theater at the arts center and so the proceeds from this event went to the association um the american foundation for um suicide prevention but the 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 Theater had been renovated since the last time. So we got to enjoy that for, for Man of Steel and BVS. And then for Justice League, it was shown at the Universal City Walk IMAX, which is a full, true full IMAX. IMAX. Like, yeah, yeah. it's at the truest of the true IMAX. And I'll have a lot more to say about that later. But anyone who knows anything about that movie knows that it is in the 1.43 aspect ratio made for IMAX and then released on HBO max. So seeing it in IMAX there, it it is literally the way it was meant to be seen, um, which almost nobody has seen in that way. Even, even with this screening, I mean, you've got less than 400 people total probably have seen it in true IMAX and it is a, you know, designed for that, for that format. So, but anyway, so the, so the first night, Started with a like a cocktail hour, and and that was that was great hanging out with a bunch of people that you know have known only online for for five years. So um, to see how tall everyone is. Oh man, I I'm not I'm not short, but I am definitely not tall, and I'm I'm probably I'm probably less than average. We'll say, Uh, and uh, so everyone I
2: would say you're average.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm less than average, so I can say you're <laughs> average. Uh, but yeah, every everyone that I've ever met from uh, that I, that I know from online is it's they're always way taller than I expect. But yeah, so it was nice to be able to to meet people. They had they had a a drink menu that was they were all based on it was a Man of Steel, a Batman v Superman, and a Justice League, and the so they were all themed three different themed drinks. The Man of Steel was a was a non-alcoholic drink, but everyone was getting alcohol added to it. And what, what, I, what
2: were the cocktails? What was the theme? Like, how are they themed around for the films?
1: Uh, let me, I'll, I guess I can take a second here and actually pull up a, an image of the, Please uh, do. um, so that I can read it. Cause I definitely took a picture.
2: My curiosity. It was, it was flaming.
1: So, yeah. The, um, the, the man, <laughs> the man of steel was a non-alcoholic one. Uh, that was, uh, Seedlip Grove 42, Lime, Sparkling Grapefruit, and Rosemary. Oh, the, very earthy. Yeah. The Batman v Superman was um, tequila, Don Julio Blanco, watermelon, lime, cucumber, and jalapeno. And a Vicodin. <laughs> and uh, Justice League was Johnny Walker Black Label, Lemon, Ginger, and Honey. Wow. So. If I was drinking, I probably would have ordered the Justice League. But as I was saying right to Dice right before we started recording, I had received an email from West Collar, the the third member of the Stone Quarry Trinity, that is Zach Snyder, Debbie Snyder, and West Collar. Uh, he wanted to know if I'd be available to do a a chat with Zach during his Man of Steel commentary. He didn't want to do. He's done these commentary tracks like multiple times now. and didn't want to just do another watch along. So he brought in some, uh, some people to, to talk through the movie with him. And so the first night he invited me and, uh, Dave, the film junkie, Pena, uh, who, um, I would hope most friends of the show would know from, from YouTube. And, uh, that was, uh, that was really cool because Dave and I have been, uh, you know, anyone seen me on the vodka stream or whatever we've been, Uh, become good friends over the years from all the all the Snyder and Justice League stuff and we've interviewed Zach together a number of times so we got to hang out in the uh the uh in the green room after each doing our part of the panel and 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 chat with Zach and some uh Debbie and Wes and Vero people but so I received that email inviting to do that on Thursday night and I was like yeah that'd be awesome that'd be great let's do that and then Friday morning I woke up and I had laryngitis, um, or, or at least the, what felt like the, the beginnings of it. I, um, you were not a, drinking Thursday night. Yeah. So I was, so it was not, I, I actually went to bed even early on Thursday night. Um, cause I was like, oh, I want to be rested for tomorrow. And I woke up and my voice was just not there. And this has happened to me enough times that I know, I knew if I had talked much during the day that it was going to just be gone. If not before the event, it would just disappear entirely during the, um, during the panel or the, the, the moderation. And, uh, it's a good
2: experimental interview strategy. Just stop talking. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. I mean, Zach was one of the best people to probably do that with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I was uh, silent Bob all day with, I was hanging out with, with a bunch of people and I, and I was doing hand gestures. I, I have never been so hardcore about this, but I knew so it'd be hilarious
2: to all listeners of the vodka stream. Oh
1: yeah. Anyone, anyone who knows. Yeah. It was, they were, they were laughing all day that, um, people I'd never met in person were like, Steven's way quieter in person. <laughs> and I wouldn't even explain to them. I mean, I told people at the beginning of the day why, but I, I, I stopped, I talked started talking a little bit at the event itself, but was still very, very reserved because this is not something that, you know, if, if it was between talking and, um, and losing my voice or or um versus you know saving it as much as i could for uh for talking to zach i was gonna you know i was gonna take that bullet so um anyway so so i also didn't have any other drinks because i was like no alcohol no i'm not not tempting fate with my with my voice here and then uh it's funny because you were you were making fun of me for drinking water i drank two bottles of water during the like 30 minutes that i was that i was on with zach i think some people in the live chat saw that too and were uh, and were giving me Giving me a hard time for it, but, uh, uh it, was, it was, it was necessary to keep my voice going. But yeah, I, I, my, my objective was basically ask just like an economy of words, ask, ask pointed questions and let Zach talk, which is a lot easier to do than, than with, uh, you know, there are other people that, that won't talk that much, but, but Zach, Zach was able to to keep it going and my voice held out and, and that was all, that was all fun. But yeah, for anyone <laughs> wondering, like, why was Steven so much more quiet than normal? And uh that would be that would be why I was making sure that my voice didn't just crack out and go away altogether while I was talking to Zach on a live stream. <laughs> so that was for the Man of Steel screening. Yeah. That was yeah, that was the Man of Steel screening. And then after um after we we talked for I think almost 30 minutes. Um, I came on. What
2: was that like taking part in that live stream?
1: It was, it was interesting. I, it was, so the green room we went in and, and there were just, there were some chairs there and there was a bunch of Vero people from the the Vero true social media platform. And, uh, it was very well lit. I had my camera with me and so it was great taking some pictures back there. And then, um, um, it was it was catered, and there was there was more drinks that I didn't have back there. I it was water, but <laughs> and then uh, and then yeah. So I sat with Zach, and and then we started talking. I joined, um, I think, right before the Smallville battle, or, or uh, a little ways before that, and then and then I was on through through most of that uh, through the Smallville battle and part of the Metropolis battle, and then after. You, got, you,
2: but you botched the uh, the the big blunder of not calling out Richard Burden, the island scientist. Yeah,
1: I brought him up, and uh, and it's funny because when Zach couldn't remember his name, I was like, I, I was like, if this was Dice, he would have just shocked the world with pulling this guy's name out of his <laughs> back pocket. I was, I was like, Dice needed, needed to be here with me so he could, I, I, I was, I, I was sitting there knowing you were, I was, you were screaming it at home and yep. I didn't want to guess the wrong name. I was like, Richard something. Yep. And, uh, as soon di- as you
2: said, oh, here is the island scientist. I could, I could hear you being like, <laughs> oh God, I don't know what the Asher's
1: <laughs> name is. No, I was literally sitting there on the live, on the live stream thinking Dice if he's listening is screaming Richard Burden or whatever the name is at, <laughs> yep. at, at his uh, TV or computer screen. So um, yeah, so that was, that was fun. And then um, yeah, after the panel, I got uh, like eight minutes or so to talk to him. Um, and uh, that video is up on our patron. I think we might p- um, it's it's open access to to everyone so even if you're not a patron subscriber you can go watch that video and we may include the audio in here at the end or or right now so my uh, perspective on your movies has changed like entirely since I started doing this podcast going through it uh bvs minute by minute because what i caught when i was doing that um my uh my co-host andrew and i started noticing that like every minute was ending On like an explosion or a punctuation, we were worried that when we started that format, that it was going to be like we're going to be doing a disservice and some of 'cause we're going to be cutting lines off in the middle all the time. Sure, sure, sure. And that never happens. Weird, yeah. And then we talked about that once a couple years ago, and you said that that might be somewhat intentional. But the longer we go, and the like, it, it continues on and on and on in the movie, where it's almost like 180 short films.
0: Right. Sure. No, that oh. makes sense. I mean, I think that that's kind of the way I'm wired, you know, because I feel like there is a cadence to the movies. Like, if you, mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you're not, if you're not really, of course, you're seeing it like everyone sees the movie as a big, like it's a whole. And you watch mm-hmm. the movie, and you like you're there for three hours or whatever. And so you think, oh, that's the movie, right? But like right. I think the way the cadence is sort of that I think in are these like kind of little stories that kind of I, I, you know, maybe it's just you know growing up, you know, making you know coming up making commercials, or the way I sort of sort of the mythological compartmentalizing of the ideas that is to say that you know everything is kind of cyclical. You know I'm constantly trying to like bring the ideas back around as yeah. far as I can so that the natural cadence of the movie is always mm-hmm. going to be a little bit like staccato yeah um, just because I think that that's that's kind of the way I work and I think that one thing you know it's interesting because like even just you know with the movie I'm making right now with rebel moon it's interesting to really kind of I think it's a movie that I really efforted to change the cadence when i can a little bit because i nash my nature natural cadence is pretty sharp Mm -hmm. so it's weird but always you know it'll always come back to that yeah so it's a it's a it's a thing that i've experimented with like all the time
1: and i feel it you know well and when do you when do you find that or that because you do so much like your your storyboarding and everything and then I know you weigh overshoot on everything too so is that a cadence that you find in the edit or is that is that something that you it's a
0: cadence I think that comes from from editorial mostly because I think that I do overshoot, and I, I don't think I am on the day. I always feel like mm-hmm. I don't have enough. Mm-hmm. You know, like my, my natural reaction is like, oh my god, like we're, we don't have enough footage, this scene is never gonna be able to be put together, there's no chance it's gonna work, you know, with the, with the teeny amount of shots I have. Mm-hmm. And then of course you get in, in the edit, and you're like, oh, when we put it all together, it's like 45 minutes long, right. this scene. And I'm like, oh geez, okay. Yeah, well, Maybe we can't, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I think it is in the sort of tightening that, that this, that the cadence really starts to happen, you know? Yeah. You know, in my mind, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that, um, but I I, I always like it. When I feel like, probably why it's, why it happens kind of consistently is because I'm always tweaking it till it kind of satisfies the rhythm that I like. And so it probably, and that's probably why it sort of ends up being consistent, you know, mm-hmm. across it goes, right, oh yeah, that works now. Yeah. You know, and then I'll have a big scene that's probably not in in the correct cadence, and then I screw it, and screw it, and screw it on, screw it, and then it's like, okay, now it works.
1: Yeah. So, until it gets to the... To well, it's story. like, uh, probably an analogy you would like is like a, a sculptor, like you, you give yourself a big block of marble, and then you just got to kind of make sure you have enough raw materials yeah. to work with, and then you kind of mine it out of that.
0: And I literally don't even think about it that way, you know? Mm-hmm. I think, like, oh, this is the block of marble. It's so small. Yeah, <laughs> it's never gonna. I'm never gonna be able to make a sculpture out of this. Yeah, and then of course it's like, oh my god, it's like 30 feet tall. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. So no, I, I think that that's. I think that that is. Um, I think that is kind of the way, uh, the way it happens. And I think if I didn't scare myself all the time by thinking that I was, that I hadn't. um, you know, sort of create enough material, um, it wouldn't give me the opportunity to kind of have the subtlety that I get because of having so much, when you do cut it down and you do start to like, squeeze it to its essence, you have a little bit more latitude. It's not like, it doesn't end up just being random, like, and that's what I like about it. Like, I think that because you have enough material to work with, you really are able to like, from moment to moment, manipulate it where, you can really kind of sc- sculpt out the moments. Mm-hmm. Because I think when you have, if you don't have enough material, you're, you're victim to the material. Right, right?
1: Like you we have to go back and get it, and then you have to worry about continuity. And, and it decides, you know, the material decides how long
0: it is because mm-hmm. you only have that much. So you're yeah. kind of like end to end, and then that's how long it is. Where mm-hmm. this, with, all, with the process that I'm used to and it, again, that kind of like, you know, me scaring myself into thinking, never going to work with what I have Mm -hmm. forces me to kind of like build a a bigger piece of marble I guess if you will
1: I guess in a way every story is just a small look at a bigger story no matter how much you scale it up of course and so it's
0: funny because I always say like when I'm working with the stunt guys and we're talking about and whenever we're talking about the um, the stunt biz and sort of the action sequences I'm always like okay even in this like here's the big fight, right? But in this part of the fight, where is the beginning, middle, end of this? What is the story of this moment? Mm-hmm. Even them just like punching each other, whatever. I'm like, what is the story, what is the story? And then like, you know, beginning, middle, end, beginning, middle, end, beginning, middle, end, beginning, middle, end. You know, like those rhythms into a larger beginning, middle, end to a larger then beginning, middle, end, you know, it's always, those are always stacking on top of each other yeah. constantly. And I think that that, that always is super satisfying for me because like, when they interlock, then you're like, okay. Yeah. When you sort of see it, then you're like, okay, that works.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well and that's something that you you get on a larger sense with with all of your movies. I didn't and I didn't start noticing it as much until like I said, doing doing Batman v Superman, you start breaking it down into those small pieces. I remember when you were getting up to like when Kahina gets pushed into the into the train in that whole section, there's a there's a rhythm where like it almost starts breaking into thirty second chunks instead of Literally, one minute chunks. Yeah. The
0: whole idea there was like, okay, let's 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 Ramp it up. Yeah, exactly. You know,
1: and then it and then it stops, and you've got a two minute sequence instead of a. It's yeah. anyway. I don't know how many people notice that or appreciate it, yeah, but I want to let you know that. A lot. So now that you've listened to that eight minute clip, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, yeah. Then that that night was over late because it started late, so we went back. Saturday was BVS that started earlier in the afternoon.
2: What What was it like seeing Man of Steel again? Because we haven't we we've kind of only here and there alluded to Man of Steel. In our ongoing podcasting, and it was even, um, I don't know, it was a very unique experience putting the movie on and then seeing you you and Zach talk about it, hearing him narrating parts of it, and even going back to that first image, the first publicity still of Superman, which which is burned into my memory because I remember hearing Henry Cavill's voice in the first trailer saying my father believed and I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, this is the voice of Superman. Yeah. But even seeing him against the vault, I've, I mean, anybody who was a big Superman fan will remember when that first photo arrived and the look of like, um, not fear, but like concern on Superman's face as, as we were all wondering, like what, what put him into that vault door? Yeah. Hard enough to to bend it like that. It was it was hilarious hearing even Zach talk about
1: like why a vault door. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That was that was interesting. I. It was unfortunately I did I wasn't able to watch the whole movie because sure. we so we started in the theater. Um. Dave had already gone back because he did his section first, and they they told me to come out at. It was about an hour and a half into the movie. Or it might have been an hour into the movie, actually, because they they moved the time up a little bit. So I had to I had to get up and leave. Uh let's see, it, it would have been right before um I think it was after the Krypton stuff. That's like the first 20 minutes. Um and then after the oh oh it was right about first flight. I came I Dave and uh and Zach were talking about first flight when I uh, when I came back, and oh, actually, I guess one big thing that came out of this—he talked about this in the panel later—but I had I almost moved on to BVS without even mentioning this. The he, he so Dave asked him. He said, "Are you going to tell me who's in the pod on the Kryptonian scout ship?" One of the big questions from the Snyderverse that hasn't been answered yet. And Zach uh, loves teasing that one, so he didn't say anything. And then when I was on. Uh, He pointed out uh, Samantha Wynn, who plays a Kryptonian in uh, Man of Steel, but also an Amazon in Justice League. So I brought up the uh, back from like 2014 rumor that uh, in the Snyderverse, the Amazons were going to be descendants of the Kryptonians, uh, which is obviously something that everybody needs to freak out about. (laughs) <laughs> um, in, in 2013, just as much as in, in 2014 or um, 2023, just as much as in 2014. And, uh, so I brought that up when he, when he pointed her out, I said, oh, that's funny that she plays both because the, um, this is a thing. And he says, he just said 100%. That's a thing. That's what the pod is about. And, uh, yeah,
2: that's Supergirl. Oh, please. Pod. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not pot, This is where I I added the word crush yeah. into my vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, basically saying like, oh yeah, so that crush would have been like, you know, prehistoric supergirl. Yeah. Uh who who contributed her DNA and and lineage to the Amazons.
1: Yeah. Well, and it, so it's basically an ancient aliens sort of thing where not just to the Amazons, but that like the whole like the Greek pantheon is is at least some of them are are kryptonian.
2: Which is a uh, I still stand by my article on this, which is you're telling me that this ancient, mysterious race of superhuman beings is alien in nature and not otherworldly, which yeah. is like, I mean, it's, it's the smallest change possible uh, that you could ever imagine. Granted, until Zack Snyder's just League came along and made them all 18 feet tall.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which
2: would add a few more question marks. But that said, we do have Namex. Maybe they all just chowed down on some like rhino juice.
1: Yeah, well, and it says, uh, but in Zack Just, Snyder's Justice League, it says Guardians from the Stars, and uh, it, it's Guardians plural, and so the only only obvious alien in there is the uh, the Green Lantern. And uh, it also says that as it's panning over uh, some of the Amazons, so.
2: We do have a character in the movies who is capable of traveling backwards through time.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, so that so you was got a,
2: the juice from Zach out there, or you <laughs> opened the door and then he, you know, enthusiastically ran through it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, then in the Q and A, uh, so he talked about it then, but then in, during the Q and A, someone asked about that, and in, in uh, DJ Desjardins said that uh, uh, he he liked stirring up um, a little bit of drama during the events. So he's like Zach, you're gonna tell him. <laughs> he's like, you got to tell him. Um, what that was about, like tell them the actual story. And so Zach is like, uh, yeah. So I guess that was basically Zeus in the pod and Ares brought down the, the Kryptonian ship. And, and so, yeah, so that's, that's, uh, um, that's, that's the big, the big T on that.
2: It was a misunderstood Kryptonian conflict. (laughs) Something like that. I guess they created. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, again, I, this was an idea that was had back then. Right.
1: Yeah, although it sounds like he he still he still likes, likes it, it, yeah. But he also chooses some of those things to push because he knows that it it he, he likes to push people's buttons and those <laughs> certain ideas um, get under under people's skin. Um, so yeah, so that was cool. And uh, Christina Wren was there, who plays uh, Carrie, Ferris. Carrie Ferris. Uh, Dave and I got to uh, chat with her during the social hour as well as uh, back in the green room, and then she was on the uh, on the panel after for the, for the movie as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know other than, um, than the thing about the crash, which I think that actually came up during the Batman V Superman. QA, and a, not the, not the, um, that's the one that, that DJ was there for. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest, like biggest reveal about, uh, about Man of Steel that we got when we were there. You
2: didn't revisit the, um, what was I supposed to do? Let them all die.
1: Uh, I, I saw that part in this, in the theater. And then when I got back to, uh, to the, so that was already, already covered when I got on for my, my portion and nobody, uh, nobody really asked any questions about that in the Q and a afterwards.
2: (laughs) Watching, watching that screening. I'll just interject here and say that, that has, that has basically confirmed that we are going to be doing Man of Steel. By the minute next, uh-huh. because I was watching that and now having a, a daughter who's two and a half, I was thinking there is almost no limit to the amount of people that I would tell her to not save if it meant putting her in harm's way. Yeah. So are the people who are complaining, I'm like, do you just, does everyone not have kids? Because there is not even a gray area here. I'm, I'm, it may be, was like him letting out maybe 30% of the truth of what he was thinking <laughs> N- and no joke, you know what I mean? Like uh, mm-hmm. not to be exaggerating. It's just when, when pressed and it makes, you know, it's no surprise that it is a, it is a father and, you know, parents who make these movies as most yeah. adults in Hollywood are of just like. Oh, absolutely. There's there's not even any gray area there. That's oh my gosh, that's such a tough question. What would Jonathan can't do? Definitely go out there and put yourself at risk of of being hurt. Right. That makes me a convincing parent.
1: Well, in the same way that he says you're you're saying I should let him die. And that's why the answer is maybe, because he doesn't he's trying to set an example for his kid. Should. Yeah, exactly. He's right? like, like,
2: is he saying maybe to the should there?
1: Right. Yeah. He he's he's not telling him don't be a hero or or don't be heroic, I guess I should I should say. But he, he is saying, you know, maybe there are risks here that you don't understand yet. And and yeah, as a parent, that that comes across way different. And then, of course, watching Justice League in the same weekend that you get right back to that with both uh, Silas Stone saying the the, tempta- the the hard part will be not doing things. And then you get at the end, you get uh, or you get with the black suit scene, you get Russell Crowe and, uh, um, and uh, Costner voiceover again contrasting the you know be a hero now and and all that so um yeah definitely definitely looking forward to digging into that more with uh man of steel by the minute that wraps up uh thursday yeah or friday or that was friday so then yeah then saturday we got there for bbs there was no um no really social time during that um we got there and obviously like hang out before the, the screening but there was no no cocktail or hour or anything so we got right into the movie. Uh, that night, the the people that were um in the doing the the panel discussions with him during this for the online crowd were Scott McClellan from uh, DC Squadcast and uh, Raya is a, a YouTuber that is I I met her briefly and she's really nice. Everybody knows her, um, but I am not a good good at making the rounds on youtube so not as familiar with her content but um but she was really nice and everyone was that she did a great job and then also uh um uh supergirl radio was the was the third one to go and she is very uh very proficient with her bbs commentary so she got a good chunk of the movie in there with uh with zach but Um, I got to sit through the theater for the entire time. So it's the first time. Actually, I saw I did see BVS on the big screen in 2001. So it it hasn't been as long for me as 2001. Yeah. Um, 22 years ago. Sorry. It's uh, 2021.
2: Oh, my God. Okay, Um, I was like, am
1: I too soon? Am I too soon?
2: (laughs) He's the key. Um, That's so. Were you sitting in the theater where the, well, the whole time people were like, huh? huh?
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah.
2: Huh? oh, hey, hey, where we go? remember that. That's I uh, with their watches out.
1: Oh, hey, are you? Hey, that, that did not happen this time. Oh. Although, when I saw it in Michigan uh, for a charity screening in, in 2021, uh, when it ended, somebody was like, somebody yelled out, someone should do a podcast <laughs> about this movie minute by minute. And I don't know if they knew I was even there at the time. So that was, that was weird. Of course, Amanda, Hilarious. Amanda was like, he's sitting over here and I'm hiding my face.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. I guess we we're a non-quantity now, so it's, it's
1: now old hat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I did have, uh, I, I met a few people came up and said, and said, hi, and uh, I'm socially awkward. So um I had a really hard time. <laughs> at least you were <laughs> speaking like, at this moment. Yeah, right? exactly. I was speaking, but yeah, multiple people were highly, you know, people. They're like, where's Dice? What is it? Why isn't Dice here? Um, so I had to cover for you a little bit. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're the
2: Affleck and Damon now of the podcasting world. Right, That's great.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it was nice. Nice to meet people. Know that there's something else on the other end of that microphone. Um, so yeah, watching watching BVS was uh, was awesome though on the on the big screen with, I I like watching stuff with fans where you get that reaction in theater. There is a. Maybe too much of a reaction sometimes, <laughs> where like people were clapping for like every single name in the opening credits, um, and uh, you know most of them definitely deserve claps, but at a certain point it's like let's watch the movie. You're applauding the murder of Martha Wayne. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I love this yeah. part. Like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and they showed it in the 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 one thing that was different was last time I saw it, it was the just the widescreen version, but they had the IMAX scenes in this one. Yeah. So, so yeah, so the ultimate edition nice. with the, with the, the four, three in the opening and the nightmare and during the, the actual um, Batman and Superman confrontation. So that was, that was really cool. And then the panel after that, there was, um, let's see, it was Zach and Damon Caro and, and it was supposed to be Larry Fong, but he got sick. So he got replaced by, uh, by that's where, um, DJ Desjardin was there. And the other, it was, um, oh, and, and Patrick Topolos. Um, yes. So that was, that was a really cool panel. The, the big thing to come out of that one was, uh, somebody decided to ask if, uh, if Zach, um, would ever be interested in adapting doomsday clock because he did watchmen and justice league stuff and uh and so dj dj was like which one is that DJ
2: was in the no man dj knew
1: yeah well i mean he yeah he was like is that is that jeff johns comic and the guy is like yeah and dj and zach goes yeah probably not and dj and damon stood up and dropped their mics on the stage and walked off
2: (laughs) to ruckus applause oh yeah yeah,
1: that brought that brought the house down um so for anyone that doesn't know um um jeff johns famous for redefining most of uh of dc comics lore with aquaman and green lantern and all sorts of stuff also famous for apparently being uh, a nightmare to deal with as the president of of dc entertainment when uh justice league was being reshot so didn't make many
2: fans or friends in that process i think it's safe to say
1: yeah not at all a a lot of the decisions resulting in the whedon version of justice league are kind of laid at his feet um and also wasn't super nice about it apparently um ray fisher has made some some pretty egregious claims about about his treatment and some sort of uh Problematic racial uh, profiling and uh, um, kind of decisions yeah, would, being made.
2: I would be interested to know what, what Snyder's, at well, one and at all's, you know, opinions, if they have any, about Doomsday Clock would be. But unfortunately, I will never get those answers because there's no way to separate the art from the, the artist. <laughs> yeah. The sequel to uh, Watchmen bringing it into DC
1: lore. No. Yeah. But. Um, so yeah, so but, that was a, that was a huge, uh,
2: no other bombshells where was there uproarious applause when they said, Martha, were people openly weeping,
1: um, wailing Martha I was curious about Martha. I don't think, I don't believe there was huge applause for the actual Martha moment. People were, people sat through that, but I mean, as soon as it was, it was over though, the, the warehouse scene just had cheers all the way through. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was, after that, for after the first like ten minutes or so, where people were clapping for almost everything, it was mostly just, it was mostly the highlight moments. Sit back and character introductions, that kind of thing, where where people are people cheered. Richard Cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yep. Good. 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 Okay. No, but no bombshells in the actual. Uh...
1: I get, I know at this point the biggest points have been well debated. Yeah. Well, and it's it's hard it's hard here too because uh, we you know we've we've gone over this with. Uh, pretty fine tooth comb up to this point. So, um, but did you get any, uh, any
2: watching it and thinking like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait until we get to this. Oh, minute, definitely. For the ones that we haven't gone to.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There And the, the, a few things too, where I've watched it a few times, you know, quite a few times since we started the podcast, but especially on the big screen, the number of things that, um, that, that stick out to me as, as more rhythmic or cyclical, um, Parts of the movie is is has been great. The the eerie faces behind Jim. Oh, on the big screen, that is creepier than ever. I definitely, <sighs> I definitely spotted that on the big screen, and I don't think I ever saw that before. And I I stared Man. at the I stared at those black eye holes that aren't actually black eye holes. Yeah, the, the oh, whole time waiting for it to move. <sighs> well,
2: good to hear. Okay, so that was BVS night. Yeah, and then you arrive at the. The real star
1: of the event yeah so so the cool thing or the, the crazy thing about about Justice League I, like I mentioned earlier is that it was Zach designed it for this square 4 by three 1.43 aspect ratio um for for IMAX screens and the famously before the HBO Max uh, presentation it says this has been formatted and and uh four by three to preserve Zack Snyder's artistic vision or something like that. This that's became kind of a meme. And during when we were in the green, I think he said it on some stream. Yeah. The stream of how many people. And, uh, but yeah, I heard him. he, um, He was, yeah. Multiple times throughout the weekend, he would tell people about how big of a deal it is that this is a, this is a full on, you know, one of the more most expensive movies ever made. Hollywood blockbuster about some of the hottest IP designed for IMAX, conceived, drawn, shot, designed to be 100% in the square IMAX aspect ratio. And it not only did it not get an IMAX release, it didn't even get a wide, like a, a theatrical release. It's been shown a couple times on. Um, it, there was one, the black and white version got an IMAX charity screening and he screened it. The color version got screened to like 18 people or something like that. So, yeah, I
2: think that's what he said when he was talking to you, that up until this weekend, the number of people that had actually seen it as intended was less than 20.
1: Yeah. and Absurd. Exactly. And so like in terms of the percentage of budget, that belongs to each of the eyeballs that have seen it. I, I, there, there, there's no, <laughs> there's no way there's a movie in history with a more slanted um, yeah. audience to budget differential in that way. Maybe Batgirl. <laughs> right. Sorry. Too soon. Too soon. Um, and, and, and it's, it's really wild because obviously this happens all the time or something will be like made for IMAX that, you know, doesn't get a huge, a wide IMAX release but we're talking about this didn't even get a theatrical release. So there's not even a, it's not even like, Oh, there's only seven true IMAX screens. So most people, no, we're talking about people didn't even see it on the big screen period. Um, and so, yeah, so we got there and, and stood in line at the CityWalk IMAX. We got in, of course it was a, a circus for everyone getting their seats. I ended up getting separated from my group and, and sat with someone else, uh, a friend from Twitter who I met in line and uh, we um, ran into the Ray Porter uh, beforehand. He was looking for where he was going to sit before it started. Ray Porter and uh, Ray Fisher and Chris Terrio and Zach came in and sat down um, in a um, Ray Porter, front, otherwise known as the voice of dark side. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so they all watched it with everybody. And it, I don't know how hard it is to, to over exaggerate, but when Zach says that this movie is made for IMAX, um, it is, it is something else entirely in, on that big of a screen in that aspect ratio that it's hard to, um, it is very clear the, 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 everything about the cinematography hits very different. I mean, if you you think about how much of it is just like heads and shoulders of somebody emoting. Um, and, and there's like, there's not a lot of like crazy camera movements or anything going on. Lots of, you know, slow motion, just big frame filling shots. And, um, the, the sort of grandeur that 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 gets when it's up on this massive massive ice um IMAX screen is is definitely definitely a totally different experience and i don't know what it would take but if uh if there's any way for this to get even a limited release in IMAX i think it it is you know as someone who's already sold on the movie already a huge fan of the movie already you know um, defender of the IMAX format or the 43 formatting and everything you know all those things you know it looks it looks great on my you know I even had a projector I watched it on my wall when it when it came out um, doesn't fully do justice just what he designed with with the with the kind of look of it on that on the big screen so that was um, that was pretty crazy to see it that way and there's a lot of obvious stuff like just these big these big kind of hero shots uh, lots of like portrait shots that look great. One of the one of the wildest shots that that um stands out to me as, as a shot where I just said, "Wow, that's insane." It was just a, it's just Steppenwolf's um bust, um the, like his head and shoulders, and uh, the the clarity of the VFX on him with all the kind of moving moving body parts, and uh, and the the high contrast. Of course, sound was also also insane. Um. The, the it was actually a um felt the vibrations of the boom tube every time it opened and closed and um noticing all sorts of details that's that it, that's in the background um people kept on saying like they could see the film grain uh and <laughs> it's um it was it was it was very very impressive I mean much more than just a bigger louder version of the um of the movie we've already seen but but actually it 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 plays very differently at that at that scale.
2: How good were the Icelandic women?
1: <laughs> it was
2: amazing. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask if there were any standout moments in particular, but I, but I don't know if you could. I mean, I I picture Darkseid coming down the ramp. You know that historic uh, or that ancient you know battle. Yeah, uh, yeah. That where do you all, even stop?
1: But that was all amazing. I mean, there's the obvious parts that, like, when you watch it on any screen and you say, "Wow, that's a great shot." But the ones that surprised me were the ones that I don't think of as as highlight moments. That, like I said, it was when Steppenwolf was putting the was starting the unity for the first time. That was one of the the biggest moments where I w- I just said, "Oh, wow, that's a scene that I never thought twice about. That just was iconic, amazing, in, in IMAX." Um, one of the ones that a lot of people are talking about because I was saying earlier, there's not a lot of like camera movements or, or, you know, it's not whipping around or anything, but sure, that shot where Wonder Woman goes up over Steppenwolf's head and does that like spinning thing at the, um, during the, the third act and the camera's like looking oh, yeah. up at her that it felt like the, um, that's one of the few moments where you get like a, a a weird camera rotation or something going on. And it felt almost like a, like a 40 (laughs) X kind of, um, like one of those theaters where like the seats will actually move because of the orientation there. So that was like a a wild shot. And then also when it, with, with, when it's that big, you can actually see her like making eye contact with Steppenwolf through her entire pirouette. Is Um, when she's
2: swinging on the lasso on the catwalk?
1: No, no, no.
2: Or later on. It's
1: later on. Um, it's that shot where she flips over the top of him and her sword collides. There's like lightning from the, from his ax.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And
1: the cameras, and it's, okay. it's like looking up from, from below her and she's over the top of Steppenwolf upside down. Flipping. What um, was, um, Oh, the, were there the, any... the Steppenwolf oh, yeah, versus the Amazonians was, uh, was absolutely insane. A scene where he, like he, where the, they've got the ropes on him and he, and he throws the horses.
2: Why did you have to bring up that one <laughs> Of
1: all why? Because it was big. it was so it was it was amazing uh Superman's return on IMAX that might have been the biggest cheer moment of the whole thing when he goes up and does the the cross pose um that is just filling that entire wall with that with that shot was um insane. So I, I feel a little bit bad for for hyping up something that that you I'll and never, most ever people <laughs> will, will likely not ever have the opportunity to see. But um, but I think the the legacy of this of this movie is one of the most kind of crazy historical facts about it is just the fact that it all that money spent to create this movie for this format and then and then just nope. Um. Put it on a stream, but instead. you know what?
2: But now, ten times as many people got to see it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's good. Um,
1: even yep. if you were among them, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but and then the post viewing, yeah. Um, un- <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to be too. The with when the audience when, when the size of the audience scales up, the quality of the audience questions. Um, oh yes. I think scales down. Scales down. And uh, so on there was a, a massive surprise that Ben Affleck showed up for the um uh, for the panel for that one, um in addition to Terrio and and uh, um and Fisher and um and Porter and 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 Snyder. Go on. Yeah, so so Affleck showing up by by surprise. I had I had caught wind that he was going to be there, but um, but didn't spoil the surprise for anybody. And and I mean, if DJ didn't bring the house down with with his uh, mic drop about about Jeff Johns, Ben Affleck showing up to surprise an IMAX theater packed to the gills with uh, with hardcore fans. Um, that that got a solid, you know, couple minutes of just nonstop cheering and screaming. Um, Ray Porter was moderating the panel, and he introduced him and said, uh, "We have one more member. Is a brilliant writer, brilliant actor, brilliant director, and the best ba." Started to say best Batman actor, and he didn't even get all the way through Bah before everyone. I couldn't hear a thing he said. <laughs> Anybody said it for the next minute, just people just screaming, um, going crazy, chanting, uh, chanting his name, and um, and then proceeded to uh, ask him questions about his Batman movie that he very clearly had no interest in <laughs> answering. <laughs> um, people kept on. He being did like,
2: get a response from Marv Wolfman, though. Oh, he did. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. That yeah, uh, put put Deathstroke in your movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. People. He. I mean. He. He was, uh, Affleck doesn't really hide his emotions in interviews. So there's, he's getting asked, like, what, were there any other villains and what about Batgirl? And he lets out a huge sigh and rolls his eyes and then gave, like, and then, and then, and then dodged the question, basically just being like, oh, I wanted to do something and couldn't really nail it down. So I didn't do it. And, and then that was, um, that was basically, basically his answer. So I don't, I actually don't remember if there was anything major that we learned from that Q and I mean, just having There's them more, a celebration. Yeah. Having them all there was, was more significant than, um, than, uh, than anything they necessarily said or revealed during that panel, which is, which is fine. I mean, the whole event was supposed to be a celebration, but, um, and, you know, in terms of anybody looking for more behind the scenes details or insights into the, into the creative process or anything, there wasn't any, uh, Wasn't really any huge bombs there.
2: Well, I'm glad to hear that Affleck got a a screaming theater of people. Yeah,
1: yeah. In terms of full circle, I mean, you want to go, you want to go from the uh, the reaction to him being cast to being in that theater to see the response when he comes in. Um, that if he if if his frustration from the uh, the Batman questions dampened it a little bit for him I'm, I'm hoping that the reception from the fans was enough to remind him that uh you know not everything is a sad affleck meme well uh anything else um no i think um outside yeah i mean there was just a lot of socializing and 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 meeting people that that I've uh, known online and gotten in fights with on Twitter and all that stuff, <laughs> um, but uh, there was that. I guess we did get to uh, went to Jones Coffee. Anyone who's follows Zach nice. Snyder on on Vero um, uh, knows about knows about Jones Coffee, and it is as good as it looks in the pictures. Um, sort of Zach's cameo hey in Zack Snyder's Justice League um yeah i mean it's a very similar a uh, replica right <laughs> a little bit a
2: replica of Jones coffee um, they had
1: these these uh these like coffee cake crumbled donuts that were absolutely amazing um i got i got two of them one day i got one and then i got another one the first day and then the next day i had to get another one um and uh ray porter showed up to have a um, have a coffee with us there on uh, Monday morning before we all got on our flights to go home. So that was, that was cool to kind of get to, uh, I didn't, There was during the meet and greets and stuff. I, I, I felt weird and tried to kind of hang back because we've been able to um been able to meet and talk to some of these guys on, on uh, live streams. And obviously had a couple interviews with Zach while we were there. And so felt weird about like, um, didn't want to be the guy that's then like taking another opportunity when all, there's all the other fans who you know don't get to live stream with them and stuff on uh, on on occasion, but um, but also didn't get to get as much kind of face to face time as a, as a result. But so it was nice to to sit with Ray, and he's obviously the nicest guy in the world. Um, got to talk to us at uh, over coffee, and um, there was there was a the BBS after the screening for BBS. There was an autograph signing that I stood in line for. Um, and that was a everyone. It was uh 215. I think actually, ironically, I think there's 214 seats (laughs) in the theater there. Um, which seems uh, fortuitous. Another magic Zack Snyder number. That was how long the uh the the version of the Snyder cut that he had on his hard drive all those years was. But um, yes, we I was towards the back of the line, and we stood in line for. I think it was about an hour and moved about 10 feet. And then all of a sudden Jeez. there was a point where the line just started moving that like a steady clip. And I was like, Oh, there I'm going to get up to the front and they're just going to be, <laughs> you, you know, someone reached a breaking point and was like, just get, got to get them through. So, <laughs> um so I went through and met, uh met Damon Caro uh, in person for the first time, which was nice. Uh, met uh Patrick Topolos. That was, that was cool. And then, and then shook uh Zach's hand and Debbie's hand again, getting through. But yeah, they were, very clearly exhausted after signing um, multiple posters oh, yeah. for every single person up to that point so um, it's like a wedding receiving line though. yeah exactly and uh, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, we weren't even halfway through the line from where we had started and it was a very noticeable like went from inching forward every couple of minutes to just a steady we can't be here st- all night crawl. Yeah. yeah Um. so um, well that's good you and- don't deserve any more time Steven. you've had more than enough <laughs> yeah exactly so i'm hoping that he does something like this i mean the the vibe was very much like a um not i don't want to say a send-off to to these movies it's not like you know they still exist we can still watch them but i'm hoping you know this is the second time he's done a sort of screening event i hope at least every every few years um he's able to do something like this just because it's so um so cool to have this kind of community come together and uh uh, to watch the movies in a room full of fans is is a big deal, but also just the it's a it's a it's a cool vibe. It's all the kind of people that um like the like the stuff that you know the real whole reason we're doing this podcast in the first place is because um from the the lack of uh of uh universal perspectives on on these movies, we're like you know someone needs to talk about this, <laughs> and uh, so being around like minded uh, people who appreciate the same thing is always always enjoyable for a few days.
2: In person, not just over a microphone to me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, that's wicked. I mean, I'm, again, super jealous, um, but I'm jealous of every single person that was there that got to enjoy it. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, for anyone who was, for all of the people who were very disappointed to meet Steven and not me, (laughs) um, just know that I was equally as disappointed that you were meeting Steven and not me. And um, yeah, well, I'm glad that people who also did not get to attend can enjoy your breakdown of things and can let us know what, what they think about, uh, you know, their own witnessed comments and stuff like that. And can answer, you can answer more pointed questions if they have them to share with us on Twitter. Yeah, for sure. And um, in a five-star review. Always. eh? (laughs) Get that in there. Uh, Talk about hashtag full circle. And, um yeah. and
1: check out yeah. on the uh check out on our patreon I put up like I said the video in the beautifully lit green room of uh of uh, me and uh and Zach chatting a little bit about uh basically about the the nature of of the the show that we've been doing and kind of provide some more confirmation and insight into the uh you know we're not super crazy in seeing that there is an intentionality behind the structure and the, the fact that we can do it minute by minute is, um, is not entirely an accident.
2: Until next time, we're not crazy.